Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles, let's start out in the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 23, verse number 8. 2 Samuel 23. I'm going to read a couple of verses here in this chapter. To be revived means to be brought back to life. So when that wind of God begins to to blow, when that fire of God begins to move and burn, then there is a life that God brings back into us. There are things we thought that had died that God wants to fill with the breath of God once again. I feel we are in that type of service tonight. I feel we are in a revival moment in the kingdom. Praise God. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse number 8. These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. Now, I'm not going to read every mighty man's name, but there is one name of one mighty man in verse 34 of this chapter. Verse 34, the second name in this verse says, Eliam, the son of Ahithophel the Gilonite. Eliam, the son of Ahithophel the Gilonite. Those names I read, they're not familiar names. And let's be honest, they're kind of hard to say. But we're going to find out these people have something powerful to speak to us. Now I have one word of encouragement for you. I encourage you not to prejudge where the man of God is going until I say, in closing. (laughs) Praise God. We're going to take a deep dive in the Word of God this evening. For a few minutes, I want to preach to you on the child of a mighty man. The child of a mighty man. Lord, we're thankful for your people. We're blessed to be a part of your work. God, I ask you to anoint every man and every woman here in this house. We just want to be blessed by what you have planned for us. We want to receive what you are speaking to us from heaven. And God, we give you, Lord, all of the glory for what you're about to bring to pass. We thank you in advance of miracles and of answered prayers. Thank you for direction from heaven. We want to follow the pillar of cloud tonight. You are here with us. We thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Clap your hands to the Lord right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. You may be seated, church. Eliam was a mighty man in the army of King David. Let me tell you what that was. The mighty men were the best of the best. They were the strongest of the strong. If you read these other names in the 23rd chapter of 2 Samuel, you're going to read how many of these mighty men went to war with impossible odds, some with a hundred to one. 
one man with 300 to one in verse number 18 of 2 Samuel 23. But those odds where one man fought hundreds of people, those odds were not in the favor of those warriors, were they? But God does not base your victory on man's arithmetic. I am not walking by sight in this battle. I am walking by faith. I believe no matter the size of my foe, that if God be for us, who can be against us? I believe you can have victory no matter how big your enemy is. I believe that God can bring you out of this no matter what odds are against you. The Lord can speak it. God can make it happen. You can win your battle. You can make it out of this. So Eliam, Eliam was one of these miracle soldiers. One of these men whom God worked miraculous victories through in the Old Testament. And Eliam, these mighty men, had been with King David for years. And there's something to that. The people who have been with you for years. The people who have been with you in your tough times. They've been with you in the seasons when everybody else left you and refused to leave your side. That's how the mighty men found David to begin with. They came out to the wilderness where he was and just did not leave their brother in his wilderness and stayed with him and helped him fight his battles. And when they came out of it, they were the army of the Lord, the mighty men of the kingdom. There is blessing in supporting my brother in his hour of need. There is a blessing of God for being with you when you need the church the most. Praise God. I believe that. So Eliam, he had been with King David for years. He knew him by name. And Eliam's father was also known to King David. Eliam's father was a man named Ahithophel the Gilanite. Don't say that three times fast. His name is a tongue twister. Now, he's not well known today, but in his time, he was very famous. Go to 2 Samuel 15 and verse number 12. 2 Samuel 15 and 12. Let me show you who Eliam's father was. The word records, and Absalom sent for Ahithophel the Gilanite. What's that next phrase say? David's counselor. That was an important job, wasn't it? He was the counselor of King David. Chapter 16, the next chapter. The very last verse of chapter 16, verse 23 says, And the counsel of Ahithophel, which he counseled in those days, was as if a man had inquired at the oracle. Say prophet. Prophet, or in this language, the oracle of God. So Ahithophel had this supernatural gift of speaking the wisdom of God. Talking to him was like talking to Isaiah and Daniel and Jeremiah. Now I'm going to keep preaching. Let me pause here for just one minute and tell you something really important. That David was the king of Israel, but he still had a voice of the Lord that he depended upon. And whoever we are, even I, a preacher, I still need the voice of the man of God in my life. We never outgrow the need of a pastor. Whoever we are, whether we work a job or whether we're the president of the United States of America, we need the voice of the man of God. We need the apostolic pulpit. We need that voice of heaven speaking to us and giving us direction and counsel for our lives. I need to hear from the Lord for myself. Praise God. David had that voice of godly counsel spoken by a man named Ahithophel. So you've got Ahithophel who has the gift of wisdom from God. He's David's counselor. 
Ahithophel's son, Eliam, is a mighty man in King David's army. So when Eliam, the mighty man, had a family and had a child, that child of Eliam, the mighty man, would have been third generation in the court of King David, right? Anybody third generation in the house of God? I am. I'm third generation Pentecostal. And if you are, you know exactly what it's like to have all the eyes of the elders watching you. They're looking at you. First off, they're making sure you're behaving during the preaching. And secondly, they're looking at you wondering, I wonder who they'll be when they grow up. I wonder if they will be a mighty man like Eliam, their father. I wonder if they'll be a man of wisdom like Ahithophel, their grandfather. I bet folks look at the kids in this room and wonder, will they be a preacher like Pastor Gill? Will they be a musician like that beautiful music we heard earlier? Will they be a Bible study teacher or contribute somehow, some way to the kingdom of God? Well, I won't belabor it. Let me get right to it. 2 Samuel 11, verse 1. Eliam the mighty man had a very famous, famous child in the word of God. And I want to preach their story. 2 Samuel 11, in verse number 1. And it came to pass after the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. The word records that all Israel went to war and destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But while all Israel was going to war, there was one man who stayed behind. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. Footnote, church, if you stay behind when God's people go to war, then you are opening yourself to temptations that God never meant for you to face. He didn't want you to deal with that issue. He was calling for you to go to war. There is a time for war in the kingdom of God. I've got to gird on my armor. I've got to pick up my sword and my shield. It's time to fight. I can't be left behind. Hallelujah. We are warriors of the Lord. David tarried and stayed behind in the day of war. So what happened to him? Verse 2, And it came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. He arose from off his bed. He was asleep. David couldn't sleep. I bet he was thinking about the battlefield and the soldiers. So he gets up and goes for an unplanned stroll. And from the roof, he saw a woman washing herself. And this woman was very beautiful to look upon. King David let his eyes wander, and his eyes wandered over to something they really shouldn't have seen. Verse 3, And David sent and inquired after the woman. He went bananas. He went berserk. I got to see her. You got to bring her here. She needs to be in my presence right now. And the people around him told him, and one said, oh, wait, they knew her. Is not this, isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, one of your mighty men, the wife of Uriah the Hittite, one of your other mighty men, the daughter of Eliam the mighty man, the granddaughter of Ahithophel the counselor was Bathsheba. And you all know her story. Bathsheba and David, they cheated. They sinned. And then one day, Bathsheba told David something that he did not want to hear. She was with child. She was pregnant. David tried to cover it up, tried to fix it. 
But you can't do that, David. You can't cover up sin or quiet it down. The only solution is to get it washed in the blood of the Lamb. David had already broken one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not commit adultery. And now the king of Israel was about to break a second of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not kill. And King David ordered the murder of Bathsheba's husband, Uriah. Didn't even do it himself because, you see, David's sin ended up involving other people. Sin will always involve more people than you ever anticipated. It's not just a one-man issue. Your life touches other lives. And when David goes off the rails, he pulls some other people with him. Joab and those other men on the battlefield now have to be part of this conspiracy and help him to kill and murder Uriah, her husband. So there alone on the battlefield, Uriah died. And Bathsheba, his widow, became David's wife. But the story wasn't over there. Because God saw this, and God was not happy about this. God always sees the stuff that nobody else sees. God knows what goes on behind closed doors. God even knows what's in your internet browser history. Even after you punch delete over and over and over again, young men, God knows what you've been doing in private. He knows what's happening in your life. And God is going to deal with this issue that's going on. And God's way of dealing with this was to send the prophet. I love prophets because prophets are not politically correct. The prophet Nathan, he said stuff that nobody else would say. And that prophet strolled right into King David's court. And from what we gather, Bathsheba was probably with David. That was the custom. So most likely seated next to his wife, Bathsheba, in front of all the courtiers, Nathan outs King David. Thou art the man. And now everybody in that court and the people in the kingdom, the sin and the secret is public. They know now it can't be kept quiet anymore. The people are going to find out what David has done. Now recall that Bathsheba was with child. What happened? Well, Bathsheba's child was birthed but only lived a few days and perished in infancy. So you have Bathsheba and David's child, which has perished in infancy. You have Bathsheba herself, who has done some damage to her family name. You have David, the king of Israel, who is now a murderer and an adulterer. And you have the kingdom around them that is very uneasy with their king and queen in this specific moment. And if that was the end of the story, I could close the book right here and just preach about sin and adultery. And I would be in this book to preach against cheating on your spouse and adultery. That is still Bible and wrong to do that kind of stuff. But if I only preach to you the sin of David and Bathsheba, I'm only preaching to you half of that story. And a half-truth is not good enough for apostolic Pentecostals. We are not denominational Christians. We do not edit the Bible. We're going to preach the whole truth, not a half-truth. I gotta tell you what happened after that. I gotta give you the rest of the story. I can't edit the word of God. I gotta give you the whole book, what it says. Hallelujah. I'll put it like this, church. 
it can seem bleak when you've messed up and when you know you messed up, when you've done wrong and your sin is found out, when you think that everybody in this world is against you, I'm going to tell you one person who will never be against you. God is not against you. God still loves you. And God is still reaching for your life. Jesus said it. Behold, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He said, I will go with you to the end of the world. So according to the gospel church, God has not left you. God still loves you. God wants to go with you even right now. Hallelujah. Poor David, he messed up bad, but then he did something we should all do. When he messed up, when life wasn't going right, he went to the house of God. How long was he there? I don't know. But you can read his prayer in Psalm 51. The king of Israel was not too proud to pray. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Wash me, cleanse me, purge me with hyssop. I acknowledge my transgression. Deliver me from blood guiltiness. David prayed. David cried. David repented. And when he left the house of God, he was forgiven of all of his sins. Because no matter who you are and no matter what you've done, if you can make it to the house of God, if you can find the apostolic altar, God can wash away your past. God can forgive your sin. God still loves you. And God wants to give you a new life. Hallelujah. But preacher, you don't know what I've done. You're right. And I don't have to. I know what David did. And if God can forgive David, then God can forgive you. God had a plan for his life. And God's got a plan for you. Hallelujah. David found forgiveness, and so did Bathsheba. Can't gloss over that point. That's important because every reference to Bathsheba after this is positive language. God does not run her down after this. God is not pulling you into the pit after you have problems in your life. He is fighting on your behalf. He still loves you and has a plan for you. He has not quit on you. When Israel murmured in the wilderness, God did not leave them there to die. And God will not leave you in your wilderness. You are still the chosen of God. You are still a son and daughter of the king. God wants to work in you hallelujah David and Bathsheba found forgiveness and in 2nd Samuel 12 and verse 24 David knew his wife again she conceived and bare a son and this time David named their son king of peace in Hebrew king of peace is Solomon Solomon was the wisest king of Israel who ever reigned Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs. Solomon wrote Song of Songs, Ecclesiastes, and some chapters in Psalms carry his penmanship. Four Bible books, if you're counting, that were contributed to 
by a man whose parents had sinned, by a man whose mom and dad had messed up. But when they made mistakes, here's the secret. They said, we will not give up on God. And when they said that, God did not give up on them. And dear saints, God has not given up on you. God still wants to work in your life. God has not written you off. He wants to write you in to the plan of heaven. You still have a destiny. You can still have direction from God. The Lord can still use you. Hallelujah. There are chapters in this book written by King David after he sinned. There were works of God he performed and battles he won after he made mistakes. And repeat after me, if God could do it for David, then God can do it for me. Hallelujah. 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 There's direction from the Lord for this service. I know how Israel messed up in the wilderness. I know how it feels to make mistakes. Israel in the wilderness, they made a golden calf, didn't they? We've all heard that story in Sunday school about the golden calf. But I challenge you, after the worst sin of Israel, after the golden calf, what happened the next morning? The morning after Israel made the golden calf, what happened? The manna still fell from God. The day after their worst day of sin, bread fell from heaven. It may feel bad. You may feel pricked in your heart and convicted. But in the name of Jesus, still have the faith to pick up the manna. There's bread that God has not forgotten about that is for you in this revival. There is bread that God has imparted just for you and for your loved ones. Even if you're not perfect, even if you messed up, heaven still wants to feed you because God is Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord, your provider. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's another secret about Israel. How did they never go astray and miss the promised land? How did they keep to the path even when they messed up and made mistakes in the wilderness? Here's the secret. No matter what they did, they never stopped following the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. No matter how much they made mess ups, they didn't stop following the leading of God. So no matter what's happened and what I've done, I've got to come and experience that pillar of cloud. I've got to come to church and feel after that pillar of fire. I've got to enter the presence of God. I've got to follow His Spirit. I've got to worship you in truth and in spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what happened to their kids after that? Did the kids of these Israelites who messed up, did the kids of these Israelites who sinned, did they become Philistines? No. Did the children of these murmurers in the wilderness, did they backslide? No. They grew up, girded on their armor, followed Joshua, and killed every giant in Canaan. The children of the backsliders became the army of God. God has not written off the next generation. Your children have purpose of the Lord. Your kids can be used of God. God has not forgotten about you, and God has not forgotten about them. Hallelujah. 
so many examples of this in the word of God, of God using people who have pasts. One of my favorite is Jonah. Jonah the prophet heard the audible voice of God. It's so rare for some of us to hear the audible voice of God ever in our lives. If it's once, we're lucky. And Jonah heard the audible voice of God. The Lord spoke to him, go to Nineveh. And Jonah said, no, never do that to God. Jonah told God no that's always a bad idea and Jonah got on a ship and went the opposite direction to Tarsus but I challenge you when Jonah disobeyed the order of God did God send a backup prophet out of the spiritual bullpen did God replace Jonah no, God redeemed Jonah. His calling never changed. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. Your calling has not stopped. God still has that purpose for your life. God still sent Jonah, and the revival still happened. God still used him. Hallelujah. Even after the mess up, even after disobedience and the mistake, God still called him to be used of him. Now, whatever happened to Bathsheba and David, David was a good king. And there's one reference to Bathsheba, his wife, that I have to show you. Go to Proverbs chapter 31, the last chapter of Proverbs and the first verse. Now, most folks here know this chapter in Proverbs. It's a famous chapter. Proverbs 31 gives the model of the godly woman. And there are famous statements in here about who can find a virtuous woman. Her price is above rubies. About how favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that fears the Lord shall be praised. There are famous statements about a godly lady. But how does this chapter on a godly woman begin? The words of King Lemuel. The prophecy that his mother taught him. Well, who's Lemuel? Who is that? Well, if you read in Ecclesiastes, Solomon, the king, called himself the preacher. Solomon used a pen name in Ecclesiastes. And Solomon also wrote Proverbs, didn't he? Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs. And sometimes Solomon would use a pen name or two. He called himself the preacher in Ecclesiastes. So if Lemuel is one of these pen names for Solomon, Lemuel means belonging to God in Hebrew, by the way. If Lemuel is Solomon, then the prophecy that his mother taught him, remind me, who was Solomon's mother? Bathsheba, wasn't she? But I thought she messed up. I thought she made mistakes. I thought folks who did that couldn't be used. And yet here she is prophesying to the King Solomon to come. Even when everyone else had written off her life, there she is working for the Lord, penning a chapter in the Word of God. Even for the worst of the worst, whatever has happened, you are still loved by your Maker, and you can still be used of the Lord. I believe that. I believe there is redemption for somebody here tonight. I believe this is the service where God loves you too much to leave you. He wants to bring you back. He wants to bring you into the kingdom. He wants to bring you into his purpose. He wants to remind you of your destiny. He wants to refill you with his love and peace. You can be used of the Lord. Stand with me. Hallelujah. In closing, Ezekiel 
chapter 18. I want you all to see this before I close. Ezekiel chapter 18. Two powerful verses here that changed my life so many years ago. Ezekiel 18, verse 21 and 22. These are prophetic statements. But if the wicked will turn from all his sins that he hath committed and keep all my statutes and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. As powerful as that verse is, read the next one. Verse 22. All. Say all. All, 100% of his transgressions shall not be mentioned unto him. All his transgressions that he's committed, they shall not be mentioned unto him. What's that mean? It means every bad, sinful thing you've ever done in your whole life can be gone tonight in Jesus' name. You never have to feel the weight of that transgression anymore. You really can be redeemed. You really can be a new creation in God. So right now, I want to issue an altar call. I want to ask as many of you as would to meet me here in this altar, to leave the pews where you are, to come, give everything of yourself to God. Can we have an old-fashioned repentance service? Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com Saturday.